Hello and welcome to the Thursday edition of Health Solutions with Sean and Janet Needham, where Team Needham discusses everything healthcare. And as always, I am here on a Thursday without my wife, Janet. She is holding down the fort at the pharmacy. Thank you so very much, Janet. And uh, Lindsay is the producer today, helping us out. So I really appreciate it. Today, we are going to kind of go on a little bit of detail on what we discussed Monday on our radio show. And if you're listening to this, you already know that I am streaming live on Facebook, Sean Needham's uh, Facebook page, the Moses Lake Professional Pharmacies YouTube page. And every Monday, we stream live at the AM 1470 KBSN studio in Moses Lake. I'm so happy to um, be able to partner with that radio station to get the word out and educate and empower consumers um, about their health care. So if you listen Monday, we talked about cardiovascular disease. We had Michelle Murphy from um, Peak Performance and Prevention on, and we talked about cardiovascular disease and how it's the number one killer of Americans and um, how to prevent it because largely most of those deaths should be preventable. Um, I'm going to go into a little bit that we didn't discuss a lot with Michelle about cholesterol. I'm not going to discuss necessarily the details of small particle size in stuff of cholesterol. I'm just going to talk more specifically about cholesterol and what it does and is it killing us. That's why that's why I titled that today because cholesterol gets such a bad rap. So is it cholesterol? Is cholesterol the problem? Is that's what's killing us and causing heart disease? So um, what is cholesterol? Uh, cholesterol is in every cell in our bodies. Uh, it, it is necessary for many different functions. So it also serves as a precursor for hormones. We talk about this over and over again on our radio show and podcast because we talk so much about hormones. So it is the backbone of many different hormones, the sex hormones, um, you know, estradiol, progesterone, testosterone. It is the backbone of that. Without cholesterol, you could not make those hormones and we would die for sure. Um, it's also the uh, major component, the major backbone of vitamin D. Obviously, vitamin D is very important. You've heard me talk about it on this radio um, program before that vitamin D is probably, I believe, if there's one supplement you can pick and only one supplement, vitamin D would be it. Um, vitamin D does so many things. So many people are low on vitamin D, and it has so many benefits, um, and, and it's inexpensive. So why not take vitamin D? So... One of the big things is cholesterol, as you might know, because of the way it's designed, because of its kind of uh, the molecule, it, it, it is all of our membranes. Every cell membrane in, an, in a cell, in an animal, is made up of cholesterol. So there again, without it, we would die. Uh, multiple layers. Um, and the thing I want to I hit really here is that, you know, they act as electrical insulators and facilitate transmission of electrical impulses along nerve tissue. Um, sig signals nerve conduction. Why do I say that? We're going to get into it a little bit more later, but it's very, very important for brain health, very important for all of our nerve health, for nerve function. I'm going to get into that a little bit later. There is a clinical structure of, of cholesterol. There will be a test on this later, so you can have to have to draw it. I'm kidding. Um, cholesterol. I like to... To say this is a steroid hormone cascade, if you look, it all starts with cholesterol. And then uh, um, hormones, many hormones, are produced from that cholesterol. 
So I, I, this picture didn't come out very well as far as the detail of the names, but just realize cholesterol, testosterone, and estradiol, just look how similar they are. Um, it's, it's quite obvious that without cholesterol, we could not make hormones. And there's vitamin D. Vitamin D is very, very close to, to the cholesterol structure. Okay, so when we think of cholesterol and why is it killing us, is cholesterol what causes, causes heart attacks? Is it the main cause of heart attacks? Um, there's many different studies, and you'll probably hear it in, you know, you'll hear it from many different doctors. Basically, almost any man over 60 years old, uh, many doctors will put them on what's called statin medications to lower their cholesterol just because they're, uh, that age group is at higher risk of of um, cardiovascular disease, so heart attacks and strokes. So they'll put them on that just as a preventative measure. Um, but let's look at the other things that cause high that cause cardiovascular disease. Here's the risk factors: smoking. Okay, that's preventable. And if you look into the literature, if you look, there was a time period over about ten years ago when, even over the last twenty years. Um, that the incidence of cardiovascular disease um, per capita in America was going down somewhat. Now, over the last few years, it has come up again. So I believe the major reason it went down, I don't believe necessarily it was because of the cholesterol medications. I believe it was mostly due to smoking. And smoking obviously is a huge risk for cardiovascular disease. I see no reason... And, and I'm going to do a disclaimer right here. I don't want anybody to stop their medication without talking to their doctor, okay? These are my opinions, and you need to make a very, very educated decision with your doctor along with them, along, along with have questions for them, ask them questions. I believe that's, that's uh, you know, um, very, very, that, that's what you should be empowered to do is ask your doctor questions. And, and, and if you are on a statin medication for cholesterol, ask them more specific. Don't stop taking it. Smoking. I, I know I talked to a doctor one time that said that he would rather his patients take a cholesterol medication, a lowering medication, than stop, than stop smoking because he believes that that's how powerful it is at stopping cardiovascular risk. Well, smoking causes many other problems other than just cardiovascular risk. Lung cancer, emphysema, COPD, all those things. So... In my opinion, I don't see why anybody would be a smoker and take cholesterol medication. Um, th there's no reason. It would be like, um, you know, trying to overcome something that you can, you can just prevent. <clears throat> be pre you can prevent it by stopping smoking. So, um, I, you know, stopping smoking that's obviously, obviously a big risk factor. Why not just do that? I'm going to get into <clears throat> hered heredity a little bit later. Um, but obesity, obviously, that's something we can control too, right? We can control smoking. So if you do have a risk of cardiovascular disease and maybe you do have high cholesterol, are you smoking? Are you obese? Those are things you can change. Hypertension, high blood pressure. We do know that that can raise the, um, uh, the incidence of um, heart attack and stroke. Hypertension can be changed. If you are overweight and you lose weight, your blood pressure will go down. Diabetes. Diabetes can be controlled. Remember, most of... The side effects from diabetes, the, the diseases that diabetes cause, including um, neuropathy, including, um, you know, renal failure, your kidneys failing, including eye problems, including 
um, cardiovascular disease. It's not the diabetes necessarily, the, the disease of the diabetes that gets you. It's the out-of-control blood sugars, okay? So if you control your blood sugars, then um, you won't have those all those um, side effects from the diabetes. Um, and type 2 diabetes is largely preventable. Type 1 is not. You have to treat it with insulin, that's for sure. But type 2 diabetes is largely a lifestyle style disease. If you change your diet and you eat right, type 2 diabetes will largely go away. You won't need medications. You can control your blood sugar and prevent all those things that I was talking about, including um, cardiovascular disease problems by controlling your blood sugars. Don't just think that you have diabetes and you have a death sentence. Diabetes can be controlled, okay? It's diet and exercise controlled. So another risk of physical activity, another risk of cardiovascular disease is lack of physical activity. That's an easy one to change. Um, start being more active. And that, if you watch our radio show Monday, Michelle Murphy was very clear that that is, that is different for everybody. Um, and it's basically, she called it movement. So to some people, it might just be getting off the couch and walking around the house t- for 10 minutes a day. Um, literally, that, that can be what the, what the activity can be to start with. You might have to progress that, obviously. Um, but activity is very important, something that we can change. It, it's a fact that activity, exercise increases HDL, which is a good cholesterol. And um, I'll go into that a little bit later. So heredity. So I do know people that say, well, my parents had heart attacks before the age of 50, both of them. So I've got bad genes. I've got a death sentence. I'm just going to eat whatever I want. I'm going to do whatever I want to my body because it doesn't matter. I have bad genes. And here's the facts. We can't change our genes. We cannot change our genetics. It's impossible. But we can change the way our genes are expressed. What do I mean by that? Our diet, our environment, exercise, our lifestyle changes how our genes are expressed. It changes in our body what our genes are told to do, okay? That's a fact. So just because you have a, um, a genetic predisposition to have cardiovascular disease in your family does not give you a death sentence. What that should mean is that you should take care of your body even better. You should exercise. You should um, watch your diet. You should do all those things to help prevent those problems because you can change your gene expression. You just can't change your genetics. So high cholesterol is another risk factor in cardiovascular disease. So if, let's say, so a high cholesterol is... Anything over 200 is a high cholesterol. So let's say you're not a smoker. Let's say you have a cholesterol of 210. Let's say you're not a smoker. You don't have any genetic history. You're not obese. You don't have hypertension. You don't have diabetes. And you're an active person. Should you go on a cholesterol medication just because your cholesterol is 210, which is just a little bit high? My opinion wouldn't be. My cholesterol has been that high before, and I didn't go on medication. I would not go on medication if I... If, if my cholesterol was 210, especially your HDL, the good cholesterol, if it's high. And, of course, activity will raise that. So here's some different forms of cholesterol. The LDL, that's called the bad cholesterol. Well, I'm not going to get into much into the, um, the smaller particle size stuff, but HDL is a good cholesterol. This is simple terms. I didn't mention triglycerides in there. Triglycerides is actually the amount of fat that's floating around in your blood. Um, 
and apolipoprotein is more of the small particle size. I'm not going to get into a lot of that. I'm just going to talk in general sense about cholesterol. But those are just little educational things, so you can take those away. LDL, bad. HDL, good. LDL actually um, is what goes... HDL takes cholesterol back to your liver to be processed, so that's why it's called the good cholesterol. So cholesterol and cardiovascular disease. Let me see here. So cholesterol can build up plaques in the artery wall and cause narrowing, and that's called atherosclerosis, hardening, hardening, hardening of the arteries. And if that plaque ruptures, it could cause a clot and thus break loose and cause a heart attack or a stroke. That's a very, very bad thing. But look at these numbers. There are many patients that have heart attacks with low cholesterol numbers. Um, among individuals without any prior cardiovascular disease or diabetes, because remember diabetes, actually out-of-control blood glucoses is what causes it, um, 72% had were admitted with a heart attack that had LDL, the bad cholesterol levels, of 130 or less, which 150 used to be the cutoff. If you had 150 or more, it was it was high. Um, now it's um, 130. So, but 72% of these patients had low cholesterol already, and they had a heart attack. That makes me wonder: what is what is more important? Is it cholesterol, or is it the? Let me just get back to that slide. Right there. Is it the smoking, obesity, hypertension? Lack of physical activity. They talked about diabetes being that. They didn't have diabetes in that study. So what is a higher risk? Is it the cholesterol or is it those other lifestyle-related issues? So uh, let's see. So what this basically said is that a lot of those patients had heart attacks and they wouldn't even have been screened to be on high cholesterol medications because they had low cholesterol already. And let's look at this. When, when we look at the studies of, of the statins, um, which is most of the low cholesterol-lowering medications, or the cholesterol-lowering medications, the most popular, <clears throat> this, is how we, this, is, this is the data that we're given. Here's a study of 71,000-plus people. Um, the average risk was 1.7% of them in the placebo group died of a heart attack. 1.2% that were taking statins didn't. So on a actual risk, only the, the, the statin medications, the cholesterol-lowering medications, only lower the risk by one zero point five percent one half percent it lowered the risk. But watch this. This is what sometimes people will see is these numbers. This is what the pharmaceutical companies say. This is what they say in their studies. You will look at that if you do a relative risk, so 1.7 minus 1.2, divide 1.7, there's a 29% difference there. So the study will say this medication helped reduce the risk of heart attack by 29%, when in reality, the absolute risk was only 0.5%, okay? Think about that. Um, I think I have a study in here. Maybe I don't, um, but... Basically, um, the risk comes up to be about one in 1,000 might 
actually, I'm, I'm sorry. Um, one in 1,000 people might be able to be benefited from uh, um, a, a statin medication. And I think that's even, even really, really high. And at that, they've shown studies that a statin might increase your, lively, your, your life by one year, possibly. But we're going to get into the side effects of them also. So what are the statins? The statins are, the first one was Mevacor, which was patented in, in 1987. Lovis statin. They all have a statin behind their name. That's what the statin comes from. That was approved in 1987. Um, they're also called HMG, CoA reductase inhibitors. They, they decrease, um, they inhibit the enzyme in the rate-limiting step in cholesterol. So that's how they lower cholesterol is they, they stop an enzyme from, from producing cholesterol. It was the first one known as the statins. Actually, some good history there. Red yeast rice, drug companies know, and they're notorious for this. They find a plant that has been around and used for, for things for years. Red yeast rice was used for years um, to, um, for cardiovascular support, which including lowering cholesterol. The drug company knew that. Um, so what they did is they tried to find the active ingredient in red yeast rice. And they came up with lovastatin. Red yeast rice will definitely lower your cholesterol. And they, and they, they isolated lovastatin out of it. Here's the problem when you try to isolate a drug from a plant. And we can go way back to aspirin with this. <clears throat> aspirin comes from, aspirin is acetosalicylic acid, right? It comes from white willow bark. It was used by Native Americans for years to treat fevers in tea. You know, they would mix it up, white willow bark in tea, and it would treat fevers, and it would treat pain and inflammation. They knew that for years. There was hardly any side effects from that. When Bayer isolated acetosalicylic acid, aspirin, from white willow bark, we knew right away we had some side effects. We had GI bleeds, gastrointestinal bleeds. People's stomachs were bleeding. That never happened with the, in the, with the white willow bark. And um, also other um, ringing in the ears, tinnitus. Um, why do we have those side effects? Here's my opinion. You don't know what you're looking for when you look into a plant and you're trying to find the active ingredient. But the reality of it is you don't know what you don't know. So you don't know what to look for. So you pick one ingredient out of there and you start testing it. But there's a lot of other ingredients in there also. There might be other ingredients in that plant that prevent the side effects, that prevent um, or that work synergistically with that other ingredient so you don't need as high a dose so it won't cause as, as many side effects. That's the real problem when you start trying to isolate a drug, a single active ingredient from a plant. Um, it's, it's very, very complicated and drug companies have done it for years and will continue to do it because plants have definitely been used to treat many different diseases. But the problem is, is when you try to do that, it can cause side effects. It, 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 it usually causes more side effects. So red yeast rice has been around for years, still around. It's still a supplement that can be used to lower cholesterol levels. Um, and there's still some doctors that think that, you know, in high doses, it can cause some of the side effects like the statins. And, and here's, but here's one of the things that, um, you know, I, I think just as a rational thinking, it's like, is cholesterol the problem? Do they have, do they need, we need cholesterol, right? So if we don't have cholesterol, we will die. So do you have a statin deficiency when your cholesterol is high? No, 
Maybe there's some other things that are related. Why do our cholesterol levels go up? Maybe when our cholesterol levels go down in our 40s and or go up in our 40s and 50s, it's because we don't have enough testosterone anymore. And cholesterol is testosterone is produced from from cholesterol. So check somebody's cholesterol level, and it's high. Make sure you check their testosterone level because testosterone le low testosterone levels have been associated with high cholesterol levels. Maybe it's our body trying to produce more cholesterol or hang on to more cholesterol so we can produce more testosterone. You give, you give those patients testosterone and their, and their cholesterol levels go down. So think about that. That's another thing about functional. That's functional medicine right there. That's treating the problem, not, not the symptom. High cholesterol might be the symptom of something else, i.e. hormone imbalance. Also, as Michelle mentioned, it could be the symptom of inflammation. It could be signaling inflammation in the body also. So that was a, the Mevacor was the first class of drugs known as the statins. There's many more, Lipitor, Lescol, Pravacol, Zocor, Crestor, um, Livalo, which that was new to me. I, I'm not even sure if I'm pronouncing that right. There's so many different ones of these. They change the molecule a little bit so they can increase the patent and, and charge a lot more money when those other drugs go generic because Mevacor, Zocor, Lipitor, Lescol, Pravacol, and Crestor, I believe, are all generic. So... Um, if you're taking a brand name um, cholesterol medication and you're spending hundreds and hundreds of dollars a month, don't do it. Get a generic. They're, they're super cheap. The generics are super cheap. Contrary to what the drug companies tell you, the expensive brand name ones are not any better. I don't, I'm not buying their studies. I think they're pretty much all the same. And let's speak of all the same. I, I will go on that later. Um, I have a slide on that later. So um, the American Heart Association recently reported that, that cardiovascular deaths have increased significantly over recent years despite the, fact, despite the fact that across the globe the number of cardiovascular deaths has declined. So I talked about, I believe, in the, why cardiovascular deaths declined in, in, in the United States like 20-some years ago or started declining like 20-some years ago. I think it's largely due to decrease in smoking because we do know that over the last 20 years, um, for sure that people have that obesity has increased okay I see what my guess is is that one of the reasons the cardiovascular event numbers have come up is because those people that were obese in their 20s and 30s 20 years ago they're starting to come up and have heart attacks so I believe that's why our numbers of cardiovascular risk um, heart attacks and strokes has come up recently um, and not declining anymore is because of Americans and obesity so it's still the number one killer of Americans. One in four Americans die from it. And that is largely preventable. That, that's, that's ridiculous. That, that shouldn't happen. 647,000 Americans in 2019 died from, from um, heart attacks. That's more than one per minute. There's also numbers of, and I'm not sure how they count them, but over 800,000. So the, the reality of it is it's a huge number. It's a big number, and it can be prevented. So what are the side effects of the statins? You know, I said they're all created equal, right? Um, I know there's going to be some argument with me, and I would appreciate it. Anybody wants to call and talk about this, I would really love it. We are taking callers, 509-537-0411. I would love to, to talk to you. If you're on a cholesterol medication, you want to talk about it, I would love to. Um, or if anybody has any comments about, about, my, about things I'm sharing. So side effects of, of statins, um, rhabdomyolysis. It's basically breakdown of the muscle. Um, muscle pain. It's breakdown of the muscle. It is extremely painful. I know of more than a handful of stories 
of people that are experiencing, you know, pain, just chronic type pain, and it is hurt everywhere. And you do, you know, as pharmacists, we should be educated and 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 go over these people's medications and look at their medications to see what what's what side effects they could be causing. When somebody has any kind of pain, I look to see if they're on a statin medication. And if they are on a statin medication, you know, possibly try getting off of it. I know of a story of an 80-year-old woman that could hardly walk. Her knees hurt. She was hurting everywhere. And she was on a statin medication. And she was told to go off of it, um, that it might be causing that. And um, she went ahead and went off of it. And against the advice of the advice of her cardiologist she went off of it and her pain went away we're talking about an 80 year old lady um her pain went away and it was caused by that medication so of course the cardiologist had a fit about it and he wanted her to be on the medication so she wouldn't have a heart attack and she refused um she doesn't really have a cardiovascular history just has a little bit of high cholesterol and she was not going to die with muscle pain so she decided not to to, to stay off of it and um you know her pain went away so how many people have chronic pain that are on a statin medication liver damage this is very very common if you are on a statin medication you need to be getting your liver enzymes checked regularly um neurological damage nerve damage that's nerve damage if you remember from our radio show monday michelle said cardiologists love statins um neurologists hate them why? Well, because they decrease the conduction of 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 um, nerve impulses, and a cholesterol lowering cholesterol will 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 decrease that conduction. So, um, there's been diseases related to that we believe that statins or too low of cholesterol might be related to dementia. There's been a big increase in dementia over the last thirty years. How long has statins been out? About thirty years. And there's been multiple sclerosis. They think that that might be a cause of some of the multiple sclerosis cases, possibly. Um, a lot more studies ongoing. I believe, here's my personal opinion. With these side effects and with the numbers that are not very, when you look at, rel, when you look at absolute risk versus relative risk, this is my opinion only. Um, please do not stop a statin if you're on a statin, but I would never ever take one of these drugs i know my wife who's also a pharmacist you guys know her she would never take one and i would never suggest that my immediate family take one there are so many other things that um, i can do to prevent myself from having a heart attack i am not going to take a statin and here's one of the problems too i think this is the american society in general and this is one of the reasons i wanted to do some kind of different type of pharmacy i don't believe giving a medication fixes anything you still have to change your diet and lifestyle. And so many things in our sick care model of healthcare, you know, doctor prescribes a drug, patient takes a drug. Oh, I can eat anything I want because I'm taking, I'm using this drug for my diabetes so I can eat anything I want. Well, that's not how it works. That's really not how it works. And we're starting to see the effects of that in our American society. And that's why more of us are dying from cardiovascular disease. Um, these drugs aren't saving our lives. These drugs are not helping us. I don't believe they are. It's not working. More Americans are dying from cardiovascular disease despite all the fancy drugs we have on, a mark, on the market. Here's an interesting case. Baycol, um, cerevastatin. It was withdrawn on the mark, from the market in 2001 due to 31 deaths from rhabdomyolysis. Okay. Why is this drug any different than the other ones? I don't believe it is. 
I believe those other the other statins are just as dangerous as as, as um, cerevastatin. Depending on the dosing, absolutely. Dosing is always <clears throat> is always an issue. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. <clears throat> but I, I believe the, all the statins are pretty much created equal. And if you take a high enough dose, you will definitely get rhabdomyolysis. And I'm not even sure that a low dose for prevention. I mean, I think a, a lot of healthcare providers now want to prescribe you know, a low-dose statin to everybody over 60 just because they're that age and they're at risk for a heart attack. Well, if you don't have those other disease states, those other risk factors, why would you take a statin? I wouldn't. The numbers just are not there for me. Here's an interesting, interesting one. The most optimistic estimates say that taking a statin could add a year to the average person's life. One year. Do I want to live with possibly... Um, hepatic toxicity, my liver function, my liver being bad, and rhabdomyolysis, muscle pain, to possibly increase my life expectancy by one year? Absolutely not. Not smoking could add nearly 10 years to somebody's life. So if you're going to pick one, why wouldn't you pick that? Now, and I, I really honestly believe if if you're smoking and taking a statin, I, I think it's really honestly a waste of your time and money. That drug is going to cause side effects. Why not quit smoking? That's going to get the, the, best benef- the, the best benefit. And I think as healthcare practitioners, if we wash our hands of those patients and just say, oh, I'm just going to give them a drug because they're not going to quit smoking anyway, that's a cop-out. That's a cop-out as us for health pr- healthcare practitioners to not want to educate and empower that patient properly. So giving a drug is not the answer. So, remember, I've said this over and over again, and we've talked about it over and over again on this show. The most dangerous thing we can do as Americans, the greatest culprit behind increasing cardiovascular risk deaths might be obesity, since it's been such a substantial contributor to diabetes and related deaths in recent years. Obesity is the most dangerous thing that we can do as an American. So if you're going to change one thing, it would be that. Remember, there's only three things we can do. To keep our bodies healthy. Pretty simple. We can eat right, exercise, and rest. And remember, I want to hit these over and over again. Because what's the most important one? Rest. Absolutely. Rest is the most important because that's when our body recovers. Okay, We will die without sleep before we'll die without food. Second would be nutrition. So what we eat. um, Because we don't have to exercise to live. To live a good life, I believe we do. But we do have to eat to live. So um, exercise, movement, however you want to um, quantify that um, is, is, is third most important. There's, other, there's a few other details in there too. But those are the ones that we really focus on at Health Solutions um, here. So that is it for my presentation, I believe. Um, so you want to definitely tune in next Thursday. Is going to be the first guest we've interviewed on our Thursday podcast. We will be in the wonderful town of Bend, Oregon, and we will be streaming live at noon. So mark your calendars because it will be noon next Friday because this guy has a busy schedule, and that's the, the soonest we can get him in. Um, his name is Joe Bernstein. He has an incredible story of how COVID has changed his life. He actually is the owner of Joe's Grilled Hot Dog Stand down um, in Seattle um, near Questfield. I'm not sure if it's called Questfield anymore. Didn't it just change names, I believe? I'm not sure. But um, 
And he, you know, with COVID, all that stuff got shut down. So he has an incredible story of how he overcame adversity and just just so exciting, so optimistic. I, I can't wait to have him on. So you don't want to miss this um, Thursday. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Thank you, producer. Lindsay. Um, it will be Wednesday next week. Wednesday at noon. You'll 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 see that in my in my calendar on my calendar on my Facebook too. So follow that. And Monday, as always, we will be streaming live at the AM 1470 KBSN studio, one to two p.m. And that is it for our show. You've been listening to Health Solutions with Sean and Janet Needham. Thank you for tuning in. <laughs>